Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm Matt. And I'm Alex. And I'm Carrie. Welcome guys back to the Game Junkies podcast. Hey guys, yeah, it's Matt here. Um, just me this week. Um, the guys are, um, are having a little bit of a week off this week. But um, so what we got for you this week is um, we we had a chance to go to EGX again this year, and um, unfortunately I was only there for a couple of days. So I got a, I didn't get a chance to interview everybody this year like I wanted to. But we did manage to get some interviews done. So some of the games and interviews are now coming up now. Uh, so I'm going to introduce each one and uh, hope you enjoy the interviews. Right, so guys, we, me and Chris from Chris Talks Games were, um, were very lucky to be given a, a press tour of Thunder, Thunderful Booth, uh, which had, um, had six games available to play. But due to time restraints, we only had an hour to uh, to play them and get the interviews for them at the same time, which is fine, you know. But there's lots of good games out there coming up. But the three I got to play, we'll start with Last Hero of Nostalgia. Okay, Matt from Game Junkies here um, at Thunderfall. The first game we're playing here um, is Last Hero of Nostalgia. Uh, Chris from Crystal's game is playing through at the moment. I've just figured come off it. Um, I'm now joined by one of the team. Do you want to introduce yourself, sir? I'm uh, Jack, and I am one of the PR guys at Thunderfall. Okay, so first of all, this game that we just played, Last Year of Nostalgia, um, dare I say it, it may be more fun than Dark Souls, but very much in the same vein? Um, well, it depends what you call fun. Uh, so uh, this is the Dark Souls you never ask for, essentially. So um, it's definitely taking a comedic element to a, to a Souls-like. Um, Essentially, the game was built from the ground up thinking about combat first. So if, if you are a Souls player, it feels very familiar. Um, and then, obviously, the humour and how, how the world and the lore came about uh, fell after the, the combat was implemented. So, I mean, one thing I like about it is, like, um, you said beforehand, it feels a little bit Stanley Parable due to the sarcastic nature of the narrator. And I get a lot of that. I loved that part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that you have a character created at the start of the game and it has nothing to do with your character, a very, very sweet addition. I think a lot of people get a kick out of that from a meta point of view. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Is it like, throughout this whole entire journey, you have this narrator following you. And essentially, Nostalgia is the world of video games and it's dying and everything's reverting back to like this pixelization state because pixelization is seen as this disease. And when you've got the narrator following you, he, he, he doesn't like that you exist because, you know, you're meant to be this last hero and you could be this last hero, but you are the most pixelated, disgusting thing in this universe. And he doesn't like that, that the thought of that you could be this hero. So yeah, as you progress through the story, um, you know, you'll, you'll see the narrator sort of change and stuff when he, you know, when he realizes, oh, you might be this... You know, this hero what what is going on and and yeah and he uh he really uh designs your narrative in this world so and that, 
absolutely brilliant. Um, you get a 50 minute demo here at EGX. Yep. Um, what the fast did you send someone get through it? Or had no one managed to get complete the amount you've had on this build? Uh, I would say it was at PAX East actually earlier in the year, uh, oh, nice. where this person came back every single day to play the demo again and again, and he managed to get from start to finish in about six, seven minutes. So, um, but but the fact that he kept coming back and kept coming back showed the replayability as well. Yeah, right? he, he he learned where to do all the the souls-like rolls to avoid the enemies and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's all very it's very, also very pick up and play. Yes, because I'm not a great doctor. Chris, who's playing right now, has never ever played a soul-style game before, and hasn't died yet. No, not yet. But having that. Um, no, that. If, 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 if he gets past me first time, I'm gonna be very angry with him. So. Oh, I will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but that bad prerogative. Um, so this is the first game we're gonna be trying here. We'll, be, um, we'll check in with a few more in a few minutes. It really is a great game, and it's coming out soon as well. So keep your eye peeled for that one. Um, the next one is uh, Planet of Lana, um, a game which is beautiful. Um, and yeah, uh, Jack had paid to say about this one too. Okay, so it's still at Thunderfall, um, still, with, still with Jack. Um, just finished playing um, one of the most amazing little games, which is Planet of Lana. I want to make sure I go right. An right. off-Earth Odyssey. So, for people who may not be aware about it, um, tell us a little bit about it, Jack. So, Planet of Lana is this 2.5D uh, platformer. Uh, quite heavily inspired by Limbo and Studio Ghibli. Uh, you play as this, uh, this girl called Lana with your uh, creature friend called Mui. Uh, and essentially you're, you're on this, uh, this planet uh, where it, you know, there, there's a lot of challenges, natural you know, challenges in terms of environmental, but also you have these, uh, these robot creatures as well. And they've taken your sister and essentially you're on this journey with your friend Mui um, to, to try and retrieve and find your sister. It's unbelievably funny. It took me back to my first Xbox One. Yep. Because money was tied at the time for me. And one of the games I got was Child of Light. I don't know if you played that game or not. It reminded me very much of the same sort of art style. Mm -hmm. But then obviously, as you say, Limbo, Inside, games like that, which have that same sort of 2.5D. Feels very familiar to me and they're relatable, and that's good for me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people relate to it. And it's not a com it's not overly complex. The, the co-op system for it, it works really well. Um, I would recommend everyone get give it a try. Um, so it's coming to Game Pass day one. Correct. Yeah. Do we know when yet? Uh, spring 2023. Lovely. Is it coming to Xbox? Uh, it's just Xbox and uh, Steam. I think it will, I personally feel it will go really well on the Switch as well, but that's obviously not your decision to make, I'm not fully aware about that, but it's not really, I think it will work quite well with the Switch in general, but that's my personal sure. Um, you have pricing ideas yet, or uh, what's the sorry? if you're buying on Steam, they've got a different pricing yet? Uh, we haven't announced pricing yet, no. Um, is there a demo around Steam? Uh, so no, no demo either, the only way you can uh, play it probably is on the, on the show floor. Good reason guys, get to a show before next week, if not, ship it on Xbox Game Pass. Thank you Jack. Thank you so much.
Now, the last one we got a chance to uh, to play was a game called Worldless. Um, this game is, well, as they all were, stunningly beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it's coming to PC and Xbox. So, at Thunderfall still, uh, Chris is currently playing World Worldless. What Worldless? Worldless. So, Jack, a bit about Worldless, please. What, what, what do people expect from this game? So, in Worldless, you play as this entity in this almost worldless void. You don't really know what's kind of going on and kind of like what you are. So it's, it's definitely like you need to explore and figure out the locations of, of, of where you are to, uh, to sort of discover yourself. So everything is kind of interconnected by this one common spark and every, everything is intertwined and there are, you know, almost like everything is melded and has their opposite. So. As you as you see in the character, it kind of has like more like it's like feels and they also have their opposite as such, which uh, is slightly more on the masculine side. So uh, so yeah, and, and essentially when you go through your journey, the whole idea is you have to absorb uh, and, and grow as 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 yourself, but also as you're discovering this world and this land and kind of what 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 you are and where you are, kind of thing. I like that. I like that. Chris needs the piece of attention on something. He's like a good job, man. Um, releases for that? Uh, we are twenty twenty three for that game. Lovely. Um, and we're Xbox and uh, PC again. Xbox Game Pass. And not confirmed. Not confirmed. Okay. Fingers crossed. Never mind. So what about the combat, Jack? So the combat is it? It's a Metroidvania uh, with turn based uh, combat in it. So. Uh, All right. So yeah, it kind of like makes it quite unique in this world so i know they were quite inspired like with the the journey element of how like ori has uh but then sort of putting this additional combat kind of system in it where you know everything again has its own importance and things so you've got uh, different classes for the combat but then also they have their own version in guard as well so when you play your skill tree you'll have different elements of you know are you going to be using uh, physical or ice or electric or uh, or you know, to to create the the kind your skill tree and the the combat how it is uh, each each character again they have their own weaknesses so you kind of have to pre-plan how your combat is and thankfully there's there's no like game over death so if you are defeated you just get back and then you just have to start again so you still have to defeat allows you to understand how it is learning curve yeah. Some people will remember when we were at um, EGX in 2019, me and Alex got a chance to get hands-on with special effect. Uh, I had the same privilege this year with something very, very different. Matt here at Special Effect. I am joined by one of the team. Please. Yep, so my name's Jacob. I'm one of the occupational therapists at Special Effect. Okay, so... I've just done something I never thought I'd do, which is play Minecraft with my eyes. Um, it's something which, it, it feels a little odd, but at the same time, it's innovative and, well, talk about, where did your idea come from, apart from the obvious? <laughs> well, the, the whole point of special effect is to give video game access to players with disabilities. And so that includes people who have 
little to no movement at all and can only rely on their eye movement to play games. And so we know that Minecraft is one of the most successful games out there and so many people can't access it with the standard means of using like a mouse and keyboard or a game controller. And so one of our team put together this incredible program that allows you to navigate Minecraft and do all the actions just using your eyes. It's given you several options so you can look over your eyes and you can toggle on options like to, to mine and to attack and to even fly around. It's, um, it's pretty amazing tech that they've come up with. And what, and am I thinking as a normal laptop? Yeah, so this is just a typical gaming laptop and it's um, free to download. It's software called iMine. So as long as you have uh, Minecraft, then you can download iMine from our website. So, so that's how simple it is. You haven't got to go buy like a million dollars worth of equipment, something like that. It's readily available stuff you're already using. Exactly. That's brilliant. If you have a, 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 an eye-gazing eye camera tracker, then you can plug into your laptop, you've got Minecraft on there, then you should be all ready to go. That's fantastic. Um, when we were here a couple of years ago, uh, three, three years ago already, bloody hell, um, myself and my co-host Alex, we played a bit of untitled Goose Game yep. on the, um, um, using a the controllers. I believe we were using like our chins and things like that. It was a really surreal experience but it was quite it opened a lot of eyes mm -hmm. to us and uh, we've got another one here which looks like a bit of a robot so we'll tell us a little bit better. I'll put a picture of this with it on when the podcast comes out so what is this? so this is part of our Bubble Busters project so for someone who is unable to go to school because they have uh, conditions such as leukemia they are unable to go outside and they've got a really compromised immune system like we had during lockdown like example. we had during lockdown yeah so things like this are never more important this allows someone to basically attend school but from home so what happens is this robot called the AV1 it goes into the classroom and the person has a laptop and they can see through the eyes of the robot the classroom and their teacher their school friends and they can control the robot remotely from a program in the iPad. Okay. And this allows them to rotate the head, um, lift it up and down, and even a symbol to, to let the teacher know you put your hand up, or whether you're going away because you have to do something. I just in the eyes, you put a hand up thing or in the eyeballs. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, so it really gives that maximum um, contribution to someone who just can't be in school and I think it's a really innovative way of letting people to still learn but from the comfort of their home and protecting them most importantly that thing because I mean Zoom was great and all that stuff for doing that sort of stuff but this it feels like it's so more personable yes yeah so you can still communicate with your friends and your teachers as well and they can communicate back to you as well so it's so it microphone, is like microphone speakers mm -hmm. all built into all it. built into it is it expensive it does come around i think around five thousand pounds for a single one so the but, company that makes it is called no isolation and they're responsible for, for okay. making these okay and if people want to get in touch with more of the stuff that special effect do what can they watch to be doing so take a look at our website specialeffects.org.uk and just have a little browse around our, around our website and see what you can find out. Thank you, Thank you. Continuing the theme from when we were at 2019, 
Uh, we also managed to get hands on a game called uh, F1 Retro World Tour. Um, well, they're back again this year with something very special. Matt back here at EGX Red section with over at Formula Retro Racing World Tour. We spoke to, to, to this gentleman a few years ago, 2019. Uh, back again this year with, with nutrition. So, what has changed from the last one to this one? So basically, we um, took the original game uh, feedback from players, um, improved it. So we got various things like this. runs a lot faster, handling's been improved. Um, but the main new additions to this game is many more tracks. So we got a whole bunch of new tracks, and then um, more. The original only had one car. This version we have five um, open wheel type cars, and we just brought in like Daytona style drift cars as well. So we got four drift cars as well. So it's two different kind of playing mechanics now. You got the Formula One or the, the drift style racing. That's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I've, you, for context, people, there's also a power lap time chess going on. Where I've just seen someone wipe out completely, which takes some doing on this game. I've got to be honest. Um, the power lap challenge, where, how did that idea come about? Because let's face it, it's it, it borrowed from a very well-known television show. That's not, that's not a problem about it. People do it all the time. But did it with that just a drunken, just a drunken night out idea, was it? Or? Yeah, literally, we just had a uh, conversation. It was a week, a week ago, just before the show. Uh, we had a, a conversation like, why don't we do like a, a Top Gear style power lap board? Um, so pretty much Tuesday night, two days before the show opened, I was like late at night hacking in this game mode where it's basically just one track and a, one car on one track. And the aim is just to beat the best time. Um, and yeah, we've got the, the, the power lap board of magnetic strips and handwritten names on. And everyone's been loving it, literally, the past two days of the show. That's all that's been played in the game. No one's, no one's come up and played the actual arcade mode or the Grand Prix mode. Everyone's just been loving the, the uh, power lap mode. Well, that must tell you then, because you weren't planning to put this mode in, were you? Again? No, no. So, as, I mean, mode is just put in for the few days of the show, but now we've, we've just been talking about it. I think that this is actually going to definitely go in, so the, in the final game right, now. Yeah, yeah, because well, everyone absolutely loves it. Absolutely. Um, so, this is coming out Q4 this year. Yeah, 14th of December on PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. And March next year, we're going to launch the Steam version, which will be an enhanced version with um, wheel support. And we're also looking at online multiplayer as well. Online multiplayer? Yeah. yeah. Currently, it's got four-player, split-screen, local multiplayer. That's still pretty awesome. Is there any plans on like mobile or anything like that? Or is that, bit, is that more in the future, sort of? Yeah, we're looking into mobile, but to be honest... Some people will ask, sort of, Yeah, um, yeah. You've yeah. got rough pricing, or based on the current game? It'll be... Let's say it's, it'll be affordable. We haven't actually affordable <laughs> is always something the fans want to <laughs> As hear. It's something you can just pick up and play. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. because one of the biggest problems at the moment is like the new F1 game came out a couple months ago. Amazing game, but if you wanted the the, the top of the line game, 130 pounds. You're not in that ballpark, big yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, divide that by ten, then you're probably close to how much it will actually but, cost. But you'll get lots of people playing it because literally, when I came over to see you. You were 16. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's come a little bit down now, but because um, well, it's lunchtime, you're going for their lunch. 
But I guarantee you, um, Saturday you'll be busy, mate. Well done. Yeah, it's been absolutely manic. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of worried now because it's this busy on the first day and a Friday. <laughs> Goodness knows what Saturday's going to be like. Well, the good thing is you've got help this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your new partnership? Yeah, so we um, basically teamed up with CGA Studios based in Liverpool um, earlier this year. Um, they did the switch port of the original game. And then I think it's about May, June time, uh, they approached me saying, would, would it be good to do a sequel or an expanded edition of the game? So we kind of agreed on that and then um, started work on it. When did you start working on the, on the sequel? Not so long ago. It's probably about end of May, June, so not long. We've so, been... So it's been just coming out, so three, four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks that good. It's been pretty full on. So we got a guy pretty, pretty much working full time on designing and um, modelling the new tracks. Uh, also working on the cars. I've been doing a lot of the development. Chloe, who's here as well, she's uh, been dealing with social media and marketing and PR and various. Uh, I mean, everyone does a bit of everything. So it's uh, really all hands on deck. And you've got a big smile on your face, which a lot of devs um, aren't, aren't, aren't as pleased to show. So well done, mate. <laughs> oh, well, so, I mean, one of the things, even if we, I mean, we just enjoy coming to the shows. It's like always a laugh to come to these shows, show off a game, get people's feedback, and it's like meet new people. Uh, generally have fun that's what we, we we kind of do it for well thank you very much again and again Q4 Q4 so yep, 14th of December. December yeah excellent add on all consoles and Steam next year Steam thank, next year thank you again mate excellent cheers it seemed to be a, a common occurrence this year was that people who were at 2019 before the pandemic were back with updates to their games and they were amazing we were lucky to be hands on with change three years ago and they were back again this year mm-hmm. Matt back at EGX 20, 2022 sorry 2019 been a while since that one but I do believe I am joined with someone who was here with this game back at 2019 EGX I think it was yes I was okay uh, introduce yourself sir Yes, I am Danny Hayes of Delve Interactive, and I made Change a Homeless Survival Experience, which I'm here with today, again. <laughs> Indeed. Um, this was a, without a doubt, one of the sleeper hits of 2019 for me. Um, ex- I was interested in the concept last time. I was delighted to see it back this time. Uh, for people who may not be aware of what it is, want to explain a little bit about it? Yeah, so... Yeah, it's a survival roguelike. It's been in development for over seven years. It's got one of the biggest perk systems in games, if not the biggest. Um, There's so many issues that makes it a first for games where it covers. Um, It's just covering mental health, addiction, uh, escape from domestic abuse, all this kind of thing. And it is a very heavy game, but also one that's incredibly engaging as a game itself. And it doesn't get too preachy. It really lets you put yourself in those shoes. Indeed. Um, One of the... Because this game... Is I believe is it out already? Or? Yes, it's okay. available on Steam. Out on Steam. Um, is it coming to console? Hopefully. Hopefully. Lovely. I can't give a yay or nay, Lovely. but I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> so people out there, push them, push them to ask them to get it on there because it, it deserves to be on there. Um, uh, some people will be asking why you chose this particular one to go with. Mm. Um, is that a subject you're happy to talk about? Oh, I just uh, why choose homelessness? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Basically, my first game failed terribly, and it made me very much minus money and uh, evicted, jobless, all that stuff. And it's made me realise how easy it is to fall into homelessness and very quickly, uh, almost without warning. Um, 
and yeah I did I had some safety nets with friends and stuff but other people don't uh, and I, it inspired me to create something that's kind of I also just want those people to be kinder in general I want people to be more empathetic so I made this hate letter to indifference that um, people seem to love and feel sad with but they, they connect with it I think I think they do um, I also think that you've got one of the most unique brands that, that is here mm. I mean the stereotypical car, cardboard with, with, with box mm. tape around it it's very recognisable people notice it but also, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you your prop there, Drew. You've got, like, all over it. You've got massive ratings on Steam. Yeah. You, um, it was an amazingly enjoyable when I came 2019 to play it. And it looks even better now. Um, so I suppose something I've got to ask is, what's next for change? Uh, I've got a little bit of content left. Maybe some new items and things that I'm going to release hopefully in the, this week. And then it'll be on to mobile and console versions. Um, but if it becomes popular, I could add more to it. I'm just waiting for it to get more popular. Wonderful. And then with bated breath, and obviously hindsight can, can be a killer sometimes, mm-hmm. is there um, anything else planned in the future from your company? Yes. I have got another small game, which is just a, a bit of fun, really. But I think it's, you know, everything we make with Delve Interactive is unique and has to have heart. If it doesn't have those, then it doesn't get made. So you can always look for that, but something a bit less depressing next time, just for my own sake. Um, it has been seven years working on a game about homelessness, and then I'll be working on my magnum opus, which will probably take me about 20 years. Well, well, well that, um, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Twitter, Instagram? Yes, you can find me at Dan Hayes Gamer. Uh, you can also go to delveinteractive.com, and you can find Change, a homeless survival experience on Steam. Okay. Thank you very much again, buddy. Thank, Thank you. you. Barnaby Breaking is a game which really had a lot of love for. Um, it's one of those stealth games which, uh, well, I'm a big fan of, as you know, guys know. And, well, they had players to say about it as well. Matt at EGX. Um, I am at Binary Break-In. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi, I'm Ben Gardner. I'm the developer of the Binary Break-In. Okay, this is a game which... Uh, a lot of... I played a bit of it, and... I mean, a lot of Metal Gear Solid vibes, which is not a bad thing, because for me, it's the best game I've ever made. Yeah. <laughs> but this feels very accessible very quickly. Um, so, where did your idea come from? Uh, so, the idea was just, I, I'm in my final year of MA, I wanted to challenge myself with some coding, and I wanted to make a stealth game, and yeah, Metal Gear Solid was one of the inspirations, so it's nice that you're kind of spotting that. Um, and yeah, I just I just wanted to have a kind of a serious stealth game with a really silly reason. So like the setting to be a bit silly. So that was that was what I was going for. There's nothing wrong with a silly setting of a game. That's one of the best ways to go with it sometimes. Yeah. Um, something that stood out to me uh, in there was, and you did have to point this out to me, I grant you, yeah. uh, uh, is the artwork. Is there is there a reason for the artwork in the game? Well, it's basically the idea of the game is that you're in an art gallery and you've just stolen something and you're trying to get out. Um, so, and then that also played into my kind of the distraction mechanic of way of spray painting on the canvases to get them to kind of move. Um, so, yeah, so that just all kind of fit together in that setting. That's amazing. Uh, you, I was listening to the music before it started, and you were saying a really good composer yeah. um, was responsible for it. Can I just give me a little shout out? Or? Yeah, so it's Kathleen Hillier. She's, at, she's also another student at the NFTS Games, and yeah, her music is fantastic. So. Oh, it, it's superb. It's absolutely yeah. superb. So, do you have a release date for this? Uh, not at the moment. At the moment, it's still just a kind of school project. 
depending on where it gets to at the end of my, my kind of year, it, I'll decide where I'm going to release it. Uh, most likely just as a, as a free game. Um, I probably won't take it much further, but yeah. To be fair, I'm, I'm saying this with all respect, but I think this school's got a lot of legs in it. Right. I've got a lot of legs in it, my friend. This is something that a lot of people would be interested in, I feel. Okay. And if you're giving it for free something, people will play it. I guarantee people will play it. So well done, you. If people want to get in touch with you about the stuff you do, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can check me out on Twitter or they can just... Uh, check out binary breaking on twitter that would be probably the best way to get in touch with me um i'm currently not on linkedin even though everyone keeps on telling me to be on uh but yeah that's probably the best way to check out binary breaking on twitter and instagram as well that's another way awesome. well thanks again mate and good luck for the weekend okay thank you very much everybody knows that us here at uh, game junkies we love our tabletop well thankfully this next game back to hear about isn't just a PC RPG, it's also a tabletop RPG coming soon to Kickstarter. Matt still at EGX and I'm at Dim Day Red, the tabletop and PC RPG. Uh, who am I drawing, first of all? I'm Vasilis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm Nick. I'm the game director of, uh, of uh, Dim Day Red. And I'm the narrative designer. Okay. Um, first of all, um, why did you choose 52 years precisely? Oh, that's, very, that's a simple answer, actually. It's because most people, like if you're around your 30s or over that, you pretty much have around 52 years to live, right? So the, like it. <laughs> so the question suddenly becomes, does it really matter if the world ending? Because either way, you're going to die in 52 years. So what does, does anything really change? Should you do most out of your life now, or should you wait for the world to end? I like that because this is very much I love an RPG I'm a big D&D player um, is that what what inspired you to make this sort of RPG uh, actually like it went the other way around because we first uh, Spiros is the creator of the of the concept of the world yeah. he's not here right now but uh, he was the one that thought of the whole concept of the 52 years before the end of the world and then when we heard of that concept we were like okay this should be an RPG. Uh, we should have people play and tell stories right at the end of the world. See how people want to see the world in that state. I mean, I played through the whole of your um, your demo you got here. Uh, it is really beautiful. The art is amazing. But the narration is clear and crisp. It, there is, it is almost flawless. I would say, oh. as somebody who had played his fair share of AAA games, as they say, this runs them close, if not beats them, in my opinion. Um, so, the question that everyone's going to want to know is release dates. Have we got a release date for it? Well, depending on how many branches I can write, I think about a year. Fair enough. <laughs> if everything that's fair. Pans out. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. And it, it look, it's obviously it's a PC and tabletop RPG. Yeah. So it's going to be mainly PC and also, but also you'd be able to play it on your table at home. Yeah, yeah, of course. Love the idea of that. I love it. Especially in the pandemic, everyone went back to tabletop, the old fashioned way, not yeah. just on PC. So the fact that you guys are carrying doing that even after the pandemic, loving it, loving it so much. <laughs> loving it so much. <laughs> People want to know more about Dim Day Red. 
where can people get in touch with you guys about it? Well, dimday.red is the website. <laughs> oh, 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 guys, to the point. And on Twitter and everything like that? We are on Twitter, dimday.red as well. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're in many places. You're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. everywhere. Like, when you put Dim Day Red in, we'll, we'll You'll show find up us. on awesome. Steam. And we're also, yeah. yeah, obviously Steam, where you can wishlist the game, and the demo is also available there. But, so the demo is on Steam now, so there's no yeah. excuse for people not to have a go at it themselves and know what I'm talking about with. Is it Cillian? Cillian Bragger? It's Cillian Bragger. Cillian Bragger. It's brilliant. It is, I can't whack look about this game enough, guys. Go and play it, seriously. And then tell them you played it. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for the high praise. It's like thank very you, nice game. Thank you very much. Yeah. I only speak the truth. And we're also going on Kickstarter next month for the tabletop. So if you want, for people that want to order the tabletop and see what we got in store, they can do it next month. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> you heard it on Game Junkies, guys. Check them out, guys. Matt, are you next signing off? The last interview we got for you is uh, is one of the VR options which was there this year. Uh, I managed to get hands on with Space Salvage, one of the most beautiful and immersive VR experiences I've ever had the privilege to get hands on with. Okay, so Matt, at Sal Space Salvage Fruity Systems VR game, uh, I'm here with, I believe, the lead um, graphic designer? Artist. Same thing, Mr. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself, please, sir. Sorry? Introduce yourself, please. Uh, hi, I'm Stefan Senior. I'm the lead artist for Space Salvage by Fruit Systems, a VR game for the Oculus Quest 2. As someone who's not who's not played a great amount of VR, I've played every year. I always, always pick a VR game and do it here at EGX. I picked your one. It wasn't a hard one to pick. I love space. Good, good. I got to punch it. Who doesn't like to punch it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to have an Indian Falcon, but I could have this. Yes. Uh, yes. So, where's the idea come from? So, the inception of the game was kind of around the idea that there are quite a lot of other space flight VR games, but in a lot of them, the control scheme involves a great deal of stationary, sitting still, and using a lot of the controls that are built into the handsets. Something that we were not, not super big fans of, so our, our boss, our CEO, put together a prototype that involved much more physical interaction within the pod. So if you want to fly it, you're grabbing the physical stick and you're moving it left and right, you're grabbing the throttle and you're punching it, as you say, right? which is kind of in and of itself the, the sort of the, the appeal of the game, we think, is to create this kind of much more like haptic physical environment that you're that you're flying around in rather than just your traditional hold something not dissimilar to a console controller and press some buttons and, and go on a journey um, and then that kind of creating a pod that's like fun to fly and pilot and manage um, sort of you know I mean at one point I actually took my hands off the controls and just looked around because it would be so easy for a demo to just be what you can see in front of you, but I even look behind me and look in front of up, and it's you've taken care of every part of it. You feel like you're in a pod in space. <laughs> and you. for me, VR should be about immersion, and that's immersion for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's our our ethos too, really, and that's why the the kind of physical interactability with all of the stuff in the pod is super important for us. Things like having the switches overhead, all of the buttons built into the chair arms, all of these kind of things, rather than it being about control. 
Absolutely. So the question is, when is it out? Um, so we've finished maybe about 20% of the game at the moment. That's 20% done. Uh, well, that's the demo of 20%. Of it looks amazing. I can't wait to get one of them. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think realistically it's likely to be in development for probably about another year. Um, so we're aiming... So this time next year you had the full game to, to show us off here? Uh, potentially, potentially. I can't put anything in writing yet because... Oh, no, 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 no. But yeah, we want more. We always want more <laughs> gamers. So this is... Absolutely. This was brilliant. Thank it you. was wonderful. So... I'm glad you enjoyed um, it. If people want to... See what I've been playing. Is there a way they can they can get in touch with you? Can they any demos? Yeah. So if you're interested in uh, getting your hands on it yourself, if you own a Quest 2 or know somebody who does, we have a free demo. The demo you just played is available on App Lab. Um, just download it, give it a go. Let us know what you think about it. Um, if you're interested in keeping in touch with the game's development, we have a Discord, um, and you know we have email address, Instagram, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Fruity, if you just Google Fruity Systems and go on our website, everything's on there. Awesome. Uh, well, you heard it here first. Fruity Systems, the, the best VR experience at EGX 2022. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, guys. If there's, uh, It's not quite as long as it normally would be from EGX. We weren't there quite as long as we were hoping to be. Um, but, yeah. Um, Chris will be back next week with Chris Watts Games, of course, and he will, of course, have his thoughts of EGX. Um, myself, Alex, and Kerry will be back in two weeks. Um, thank you for everybody who's been subscribing and listening and um, been following a lot of Pokemon reviews. I dare say we've got some more Pokemon stuff in the pipeline. We built continue our march towards the launch of Scarlet and Violet. Don't forget to follow Kerry at Shirabeans, Alex at Spiderbird UK, the show at Game Junkies Pod, and of course, myself at the Matt Attack UK. Uh, thank you, of course, as always, to GameAware. Use our code GameDuckies10 at checkout for 10% off. Uh, yeah, um, we'll see you in two weeks, guys. Uh, we're out of here. This podcast is a Matt Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.